Welcome to the BQBL Failcast for week nine, 2021. I'm Alex, that's Matthew. And Dr. Matthew, we waited a long time, but we finally got some 24-7 points. We did. It's always one of the best weeks of the year when we finally start getting the 24-7 points. And there are actually a, a number of contenders uh, for 24-7 points, though only one uh, was granted. We also had some other chicanery that was additional points, but for arguing with the teammate, but not 24-7. The 24-7 points we did have were for a role we just uh, imposed this year for <laughs> violations of COVID protocol. And uh, yeah, there was, there, was, there was that this week. And on top of that, it's always fun to see the media and the world kind of turn on an athlete. Um, yep. I enjoyed it when it happens, and it really happened for Aaron Rodgers this week. Um, it did. I think the media was a little bit primed to turn on him after sort of the the all the offseason stuff, you know, whether he was going to come back and whether he was going to host Jeopardy. I, I think people had sort of started to turn on him, but yeah, it really, really happened. This yeah, they're pretty sick of his shtick. He's like, I'm the, I'm the smartest best person in the room shtick yeah he's probably just a dickhead like at a certain point a dude that's got no family who's just super full of himself is just a dickhead right yes okay that's he's, probably true i mean i i think i was just, i was just actually thinking we just talked about 27 for seven points I, I was about to say Aaron Rodgers probably deserved an apology press conference points, except he didn't apologize. So I, 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 we might have to revisit this. In fact, no, he didn't even see it coming. He, no, he I know, but he had, he had like a crazy press conference. Uh, he, he went on Joe Rogan and he, he thought that that was going to fix everything. As, because, and honestly, Joe Rogan has, um, has done as much harm as he has benefit to wait, a lot of the back, things. Did he go back on Joe Rogan? I thought he did, or was it, he did he not go on, was he? I, he, he said was, he talked, he said he talked to Joe Rogan. For he was Manic on someone, Pride. was he on Pat McAfee? He went, to, he went on to Pat McAfee. Okay. And he was asked about, uh, he was asked, he, and McAfee said something like, so uh, doctors you consulted with, you, I know you talked to Dr. Joe Rogan, but what other doctors did you talk to? Mm. Yeah, and that was, that was the, that was, was that the woke mob speech that he gave? Um, was on McAfee. Uh, he did. He said, "I let's see. I'm not sure if that was the initial." Because he definitely he gave something. the wherever he gave the woke mob speech. Um, it, it turns out that it doesn't help. Yeah. Um, and that he's now finally, after all this time, doing his heel turn, and he's becoming the evil Aaron Rodgers that he probably always was. Like yep. the fact that his family just doesn't talk to him. And the fact that he came into the league a hundred percent certain that he was the smartest man in the room at all times probably were good indicators that he was always been a dick. Yes. Um, and now finally people are starting to turn on him a little bit, um, which is going to be fun because he's going to go somewhere else next year. That's not green Bay. And then they're going to have to deal with the cognitive dissonance of hating Aaron Rodgers but having to cheer for him. And getting to watch his like virtually his transcendent talent do great things at quarterback 
but be a lousy dude and a guy you don't want to root for. Right. Whereas, uh, yeah, I think that's- I, I, I really thought that Peyton Manning was going to be the quarterback that late career turned into a villain. And Peyton Manning is a great guy. I really like watching Peyton Manning. Like, I don't think that Aaron Rodgers is going to have a post-football career like Peyton Manning. I think that Aaron Rodgers is going to shrivel up into a bitter husk. Let's see. I, I was just looking. SI, SI has an article. Aaron Rodgers apologizes for comments. I acknowledge I'm a role model. Nah. <laughs> That's not an apology press conference. In fact, like you said, it's not in his character to actually have an apology press conference. Yes. He only apologized that he didn't realize how important that he was, which is the lamest non-apology that you could possibly give while still technically apologizing. Yeah, we might have to uh, propose in the offseason that, that basically an apology press conference is some points and a non-apology press conference. Nah, you see, the, uh, the null set ones are really tricky to enforce. I know. And plus, Jake is way too literal. He's going to be like, he didn't apologize. He had a press conference. And then we're going to have to explain again what a non-apology press conference is. Seems Got like it. a pain. Um, it's a, it would be a, it's a doubling down press conference, right? <laughs> Aaron Rodgers will double down to the day he dies. And I love <laughs> it. Um, so, yes. So, oh. 10, 10 points to Aaron Rodgers. Uh, and as you mentioned obliquely, uh, Carolina also earned some not strictly on the field points when um, Robbie Anderson chewed out Sam Darnold and Sam Darnold had his Sam Darnold face on the whole time. Um, and chewing someone out who's wearing that face must feel good, but at the same time be a little hollow. Yes, I do love all, I have enjoyed all of the stories, uh, people commenting about how bad they feel for Robbie Anderson, who was with Sam Darnold, left, went to Carolina, was great, had two great seasons and then Sam Darnold comes to Carolina and now they're fighting on the sidelines. Yeah. <laughs> I really enjoyed that narrative. I, I hadn't even thought about that until you just mentioned it. That's, <laughs> that is horrible. Yeah. Yep. No, all of the, yeah, all the Robbie Anderson escaped and was like, oh good, I'm finally free of that. And then, and then he's back. And it was like Teddy Bridgewater. It wasn't even like a good quarterback. Yeah. It was like, yeah. it was like literally like league replacement, like high replacement average quarterback. Hey, you uh, take back that slander of the quarterback who beat Dak Prescott this week. Um, would you say that he beat Dak Prescott? I don't know. It feels like Dak Prescott kind of, and that team beat themselves a bit. I mean, certainly the Denver defense was pretty good. Um, didn't end up with a lot of sacks. No. Um, but they did have a good number of passes defensed. Um, and moreover, like, it just didn't look like Dak was very sharp. He was under 50% passing, which is super unusual for him. Yes. Um, they couldn't run the ball, which is also super unusual. It was just kind it was, of a bad day. It was, yeah, it was. There was a lot of garbage time. I was, I was, uh, yeah, I was very excited when I thought that I had remembered to start them. Oh yeah, speaking of which, um, you did in fact send an email starting teams this week. Uh, team. Uh, oh, I, I apologize. Like starting a team, because you had to send it for Thursday night to get the Jets negative 17. So in order to capture that Sterling 
achievement in in uh, in New York Jetsdom. You did send an email, and then I guess you left the other team TBD, and then never uh, deed. Yeah. So in my, I want I want to say that after losing to multiple teams that forgot to put in starts the week before, I thought that maybe I would try that strategy. Mm. In fact, that's not what happened. Uh, I remembered I wanted to start the Jets on Thursday night. Was walking to my car, figured I should send an email before I forgot, and then thought I was going to start Dallas, decided just not to put that in there and I would reply later. Uh, then in my memory had started teams. I even called Russ on, I'm uh, sorry, I texted Russ Sunday morning and said, start teams. And then I didn't start teams actually. So I thought I'd started Dallas. I looked at the score, they were getting killed. I was getting really excited for all of the BQBL points I was going to get. Then I looked through the email chain and realized I had never actually started them. And so I, I was less disappointed on the plus side that they got lots of garbage time and their score actually wasn't that great, but uh, still it would have gotten me a win instead of my second consecutive zero. Fascinating story. With Fascinating twist, story. Also, twists and turns everywhere. But you, twists and turns, what is with Josh Johnson throwing for 300? What is with the Jets quarterbacks? Um, it turns out that the whole Jets team is getting the post Adam Gase bump. Um, <laughs> however, the person who never touched Adam Gase, Zach Wilson, no bump for him. Oh, I like that. I like that theory. Mm, see that? Yeah. Uh, oh, the Jets like did that. not win this week. Uh, they lost to Carson Wentz, who only threw the ball with his right hand and had much more success than the previous week. He did. No, they did. They lost. But but again, speaking of garbage time, that that game was completely out of control. They were. They were getting beat a, a lot. I, I forget what the score was at one point, but it was it was what, 45 to 35 to 10. It was 42 to 10. It was 42 to 10. Yes. At one before point. 14, it, 14 points of garbage time sunk you pretty hard. Uh, at 20 points of garbage time. So somehow yeah, Josh Johnson threw for 317 yards and three touchdowns. I mean, I, you, you even got the Mike White injury. Like, Mike, yeah. you thought that Mike White was the problem. And then Mike White's injury, after he went 11, sorry, 7 for 11 for 95 yards and a touchdown on his, like, I guess, was that one drive? Um, two drives? I think it was probably two drives. But yeah, still, probably. like, very good start, injured. Then Josh Johnson comes in. Wasn't very good, but was good enough to cost you a lot of points. Yes. 400 yards again. I know. Two straight games of 400 yards. It's crazy. And they're um, not throwing to like great wide receivers either. It's no, I was just really, reading down that list. Elijah yeah. Moore, Keelan Cole, Ty Johnson, Jeff Smith, Tyler Croft, Jamison Crowder, Michael Carter, Ryan Griffin, Denzel Mims, something called Trayvon Wesco, and Braxton Berrios combined for 412 yards receiving. Mm-hmm. They did. Um, but the Jets' performance was not, in fact, the lowest score of this week. Um, there were two scores this week that were even lower. One belonged to Atlanta, somehow. Yep. Um, Matt Ryan won a game, yes. laid in the game, yes. came back. <laughs> and they and hit a game-winning field goal had a game-winning field goal drive, had a rushing touchdown. Matt Ryan, a rushing touchdown, 
the only rushing touchdown on the team. Um, and uh, he, I guess he turned back the clock, question mark? <laughs> question mark? Um, yeah, he, he I, I don't, I don't know. He touchdowns and no turnovers. He did, 343 passing yards. Just, just a really good game, beating Trevor Simeon slash Taysom Hill and the Saints. Yes, and they managed to avoid. I mean, this was a classic. This was looking like a classic Falcons game because they were up big, right? They were they had a huge lead in this game, and yes. then all of a sudden in the fourth quarter, the Saints put up twenty two points. It was, I mean, it was a classic Falcons loss in the making. Well, and then I would say they were up huge. They were up ten nothing, and then they were up seven uh, twenty three to six. They were up twenty four to six. Twenty fourth quarter. Four to six, right? Um, they were they did let them back into 10 it. minutes. Is, that's a yeah. Sure, and then they, they let up three straight touchdown drives. Yes. Obviously, because they're the Falcons. Yes. But then they didn't punt. They drove down the field, kicked a field goal, and won the game. Yeah. So. I mean, the Falcons' defense is garbage. We knew it was garbage. It's always been garbage. But, you know, they, they didn't just kind of concede the game in the fourth quarter, which is good for them. Um, the other score that was lower was the Chargers' score. Um, it turns out that I guess Justin Herbert has remembered that he's a fine quarterback, and he uh, outdueled Jalen Hurts, um, threw for 356, um, yeah. He also had three touchdowns, and he had a game-winning touch, game-winning field goal drive, and he also had a game-winning drive. Yeah, um, positively Matt Ryan-esque. A- absolutely, I've often said Justin Herbert, just just like Matt Ryan, a young Matt Ryan. Uh, the spit and image, um, right? So that score netted him a negative twenty-three. Um, yep. Yes. Yeah. So uh, needless to say, I lost this week. Yeah, you um you lost. Uh, the um, other things worth noting this week is that we really did see a few plays that personified BQBL, and I I want to get to some of those. Um, yeah, two new. Yeah. yeah, there's two new um entries into who's going to throw the worst pick this year. Yes. Um, I I would have thought that the left-handed Carson Wentz touched our interception touchdown thing pick six um taint would have been easily the best one for weeks but then um we saw in the rams game (laughs) the the combination of um stafford in the end zone does a 360 and no scopes and interception directly to the defenseman although he did use his right hand yes he did um and it was returned to the two and he's like i can do better than that and then the very <laughs> next throw he throws a pick six so yes he i guess ball don't lie on that one question mark it was it was definitely not right so it does not take the carson Wentz title for worst interception but but definitely worst 15 seconds of quarterbacking yeah two two consecutive throws of yes. quarterbacking but I, I submit that the worst interception that we've seen this year is to Rod Taylor jogging out of bounds and flipping the ball up the sidelines to a defender who didn't have to move, who then just catches it and is like, really? Did you see this play? No, I didn't. There were so many turnovers in that game. I, I, just, I missed them all. 
so so as 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 you mentioned, this game featured um, five interceptions, and then on top of that, an additional uh, four touch uh, fumbles lost. Um, I think there was it, it was just a really poorly played game between two of the worst teams in the NFL, who are both clearly vying for you know, draft position at this point and, and hardly anything else. Um, the, uh, <laughs> Danny Amendola came in and threw one incomplete pass and had almost exactly the same passer rating as Terod Taylor did for the whole game. Um, he was within uh, three points in passer rating. Um, yeah, Terod ended up with uh, no touchdowns, three interceptions, and like I said, one of the interceptions, literally he was jogging out of bounds and rather than take a one yard loss, he did the like underhand option flip up the field. And there was a defender standing right there on the sidelines who just established position in bounds and caught the ball leaning out of bounds. Like, but there was no receiver in the area. He just threw it to the other guy for no reason. He wasn't under pressure. There was no reason for it. Um, and the thing about the Darnold, or sorry, <laughs> Darnold, <laughs> uh, the thing about the Wentz and the Stafford interceptions was they were both either thrown out of the end zone to try to prevent a safety or yeah. just a really bad pass that got picked sixth. But at least there was a plan. There the idea of just plan. flipping, like, if you're going to flip the ball out of, like, if you're going to try to not lose yardage, just throw it to the bench. You can, they don't care if you throw it far or near. So just throw it so the other team can't get it. Why would you throw it directly to a defender? I don't understand. I, I can't explain. I, I'm trying to find it, but, um, the I clicked on the alternatives from Dolphins versus Texans week nine highlights and it's two minutes and forty one seconds. So <laughs> good luck getting through that too. I'm not you, I'm not there yet. Yeah, you're gonna. I'll let you know when I find it. It's it's gonna take a while to get there. <laughs> um, so that game was 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 clearly a, a trash game. Um, it was technically won by one of the teams, but I just need to read you the possessions in the second half of the game. Um, interception, interception, punt, punt, field goal, fumble, punt, punt, fumble, punt, end of game. That was a half of football played by two professional football teams. Wow. I assume it was a one score game the whole time too. It was, it was not like it was out of reach. Nope. Not out of reach. And and, and amazingly not the lowest scoring game of the week. (laughs) Well, I mean, it was actually technically for the third quarter, it was it was a seventeen to six game, so it was slightly over one possession. But it was only the third quarter, so you'd think that they would have something to play for other than draft position. But you'd be wrong. Um, also, speaking of draft oh, position, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Oh, yes, I just saw it. I just got it. I just found it. That's that's a that's a heck of an interception. Why would you throw that? Who would you throw it to? Was he just hold on? <laughs> right. And oh, it doesn't it doesn't it, look like he missed the throw. It looks like he did exactly what he meant to no, do. No, 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 no. It looks to me like 
it looks to me like there was a he had a receiver on the sidelines and and he went to throw it to the receiver and the receiver stepped out of bounds like I, I can't tell exactly what happened, whether the receiver didn't want to get hit or somehow they were ineligible for something, but they, you can see, they basically like go to the sidelines. They're like, nope, not in bounds. And then it just goes right to a defender. So you're saying that somewhere on that sideline was his receiver that he was throwing to? Yes. Yes. I do. I absolutely. There is, no, a, no. there is, there the is. The receiver someone, was out of bounds. Number 28. I think what happened Okay, my, my opinion is what happened is his receiver, he did definitely overthrow them, but it looks like his receiver tried to stop, stepped out, because thought, stepped out of bounds. I think thought that Tyrod was just going to step out of bounds. And so his receiver stepped out of bounds and then was like, no, I'm out of bounds to, to try to show him, like stepped completely out of bounds. And, and then Tyrod threw it anyway. It. Yeah. That's what it looks like to me, although it does still look like it was quite an overthrow. Horrible. Uh, for a shovel pass. <laughs> Just horrible. Um, so, I, and I, I realize that we're running out of time. So I, I do want to highlight the other thing, which was the, the reason why the Texans and the Dolphins now have slightly better draft position uh, available to them is Jacksonville beat the Bills? Yes, I watched none of that game uh, obviously because that was not going to be close but somehow it was uh and as you mentioned it was the lowest scoring game of the week and it yeah. featured an impressive display by josh allen there um, was it was a fantastic display by josh allen there was a ton of bad quarterbacking in general yes um and my favorite part was when um josh allen threw the ball Yes. And uh, he was interception because he threw it to. Uh, looks like it was Josh Allen. That's correct. Um, Josh Allen fumbled the ball. It was recovered by. Uh, yep. Josh Allen recovered. Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, that, that was after a strip sack by. Um, looks like Josh Allen. Mm -hmm. And the number of sacks of Josh Allen by. Josh Allen. Oh, sorry. Just one sack. Just one right. sack. There was also a QB hit um, yes. by Josh Allen. Yes. So the uh, yeah the announcers really struggled with this one, um, trying to distinguish which Josh Allen um, was being successful. But they didn't have to struggle that long because um, the Bills' Josh Allen had an atrocious game. Yeah, no touchdowns, two picks, and the aforementioned fumble lost. And as we mentioned. One of the picks and the fumble loss was both at the hands of the Jacksonville Jaguars, Josh Allen, who was a one-man wrecking crew. Yes. Uh, so this was this was a game that was only worth 16 uh, BQBL points. But I, I saw a tweet, Alex, did you see this? That, that that performance by Josh Allen was graded out as the worst, uh, worst QB performance of the season by PFF because of the decisions he could have made and then the decisions I, that he did make. I assume, I mean, I, I just, I just saw that, but it yeah. was, yeah. Um, I think something that we, we often overlook is that, you know, when Davis Mills has a bad game, his options are not good options that he's throwing to. Yes. But when Josh Allen has a bad game, he's got Stefan Diggs and Cole Beasley and, um, 
Emmanuel Sanders likely open downfield. Yes. Because they're all very good at their jobs. Whereas the total number of receivers on the Texans and, you know, the Dolphins and the, I guess the Lions who are actually good at their job is like one. Right. Between all those teams. So it's, it, I, I could see how Josh Allen in the context of what he could have done was actually the worst. Um, yeah. But as you mentioned, not worth a ton of points, only worth 31, despite, uh, <laughs> despite how bad it was and the fact that they lost to the Jaguars. The Jaguars in turn did not throw an interception. They just kicked field goals and it was nope. enough to beat the Bills somehow. It was. There was plenty of bad quarterbacking and miss, miss throws on that side too, just mm-hmm. not beat QBL points. A C.J. Beathard uh, appearance when Trevor Lawrence was injured. Yes. But he went two for two and was the best quarterback in the game. So that lets you know exactly what type of game we're talking about. Yep. A bad one. Um, other interesting notes on the week. Kansas City was Sarah's high-scoring team for the third time this season after being the high-scoring team zero times last season. That is remarkable. Um, So Sarah did start teams and she chose poorly. Um, Not that she had good choices, but she started Atlanta's negative 19 and Cleveland's zero. Um, That gave her the second lower score of the week after who? Uh, Me. That's correct. It was, it was me. Um, Jake, Jake, had no, Jake had no choices at all. So he didn't even have to make any. But he did anyway, which I appreciate. And yeah. he was rewarded with the 35 points and uh, five wins. Um, okay. But the top two teams this week were Joe, who got all the points, including the 24-7 points, Carolina's yelling points, um, Green Bay's Justin Love points, which was, or Jordan Love, sorry, which was a little disappointing at only 13. But trust me, he was bad. Um, yeah, Carolina gave him an 88 when you include those 15 points for getting reamed out by, uh, Robbie Anderson. And, um, now is Joe, I think is pretty close to the lead. He is. Joe has, has come within one point of the, of the lead. Will still leads with 45 wins, but Joe close behind at 44. And basically the two of them are, are out in front. Sarah is next at 36 and a half. Oh, hold on. Before you go down the list, I want to highlight a few more games this week. I apologize. Um, Nick, it's also worth noting, had a very solid week. He had two good teams and he started one of them. Um, Las Vegas is, um, it, it has to have like, we talk about bad juju sometimes. It's got awful juju. Um, they just released their second first round pick uh, this week in uh, Arnett. Uh, is it Damon Arnett? Um, I can't I remember, but they, yeah. they managed to score 60 points. Um, after starting the season as one of the best teams in the NFL, one of the, fo- the last undefeated teams, you got Derek Carr who goes out there, throws two picks, fumbles. Um, I think one of them was a game killer. You know, just yeah. just bad quarterbacking, and managed to get sixty points out of it without getting benched. Yes, and uh, you mentioned we mentioned that Will has Joe caught up to Will. Partly it was because Will didn't start the team that actually had the highest score this week, and we've yet to talk about. Yeah, so um, 
we talked about Joe Burrow being good, but we didn't talk about the fact that he's also still Joe Burrow. Um, and we saw a lot of mistakes last year. Um, this year, he's had a lot of balls like doink off of receivers' hands. Yeah. Um, this week, he threw a legitimately bad interception right on the goal line yeah. as they were about to score. Yard interception return for touchdown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that went from being a touchdown to being a touchdown the other way um, and totally just ruined this game for Cincinnati. Burrow ended up getting benched for Brandon Allen. Um, and that benching plus the, uh, the two turnovers that Burrow put up, um, plus the fact that he threw no touchdowns, no long passes, gave them 91 points um, with the pick six. So um, Cincinnati would have been a good choice for Will. Instead, Will went with San Francisco and Chicago. Um, Usually good choices, but only good enough for two wins this week, which is why uh, Joe is now within one point of him. Um, I got 17 from Jackson, or 16 from Jacksonville, 17 from the Giants, and ended up just behind Jake with four wins. Um, Three wins went to Russ, who did start teams, um, although he started the exact wrong two of them. So it actually didn't matter if he had started them or didn't. Um, It did matter for you. Um, It did. And uh, the other team that played this week was uh, um, who? Sarah? You talked about Sarah. Oh, we talked about Sarah. Okay, so I think we talked about everybody. So now... Standings. Go. Yes. Uh, as we said, um, Will in first with 45, Joe with 44, Sarah in third at 36.5. Then Alex, you're in fourth at 32, Jake at 31 and a half. Um, I'm at 23, Nick's at 22, and Russ is at 18. Yeah. So, you know, we're looking down the barrel of, I guess now we're finally in the second half of the season. We are. Um, it, it takes a while now, you know. Now game nine is like the hump game, I suppose. I suppose. Um, we didn't used to have a hump game. Um, it used to just be a first half and a second half, but now we got a hump a hump week. So uh, actually, I guess it, there was always 17 weeks, right? There so there was always... Now there's 18. Now there's actually a halfway point. Okay, so now we are officially at the halfway point of the season. And... Um, yeah, so far it's it's looking like a pretty strong season. There's good scores, um, and the the top picks are not performing all that well. Yeah. Um, whereas Kansas City is the 16th best team. Yeah. Um, uh, Tennessee, also a last round pick, is the 12th best team. Yeah. Um, which are both doing better than first round picks, San Francisco and Washington. Um, top pick Indy is in 14th or something and Denver's in 16th. It's just, um, it's fun. This is a fun season. Uh, it is, it is, it is a fun season. Um, I don't think I did that ranking right. I'm going to have to re-rank those teams with uh, the correct formulas. Um, I think that formula only works when we get to the last week of the season, but, um, yeah, the, the, uh, the best team so far this year, uh, I think it's Chicago and then Carolina. Um, yeah, it might be Carolina after this week. Yeah, it could be. There's, those are, there's some strong, some strong picks though. Um, Will and Joe's top teams, of course. And um, uh, no, still strong, Chicago. it's still Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I did that part of the ranking. Right. Um, but you know, 
now that we're looking at the second half of the season, um, should we also go through the starts that people have to make and can't make, or is it too um, soon? Yes, that? we can. I'll, I'll do that. Let me first uh, give you one more interesting note. I, I told you I was watching this video of all the turnovers from the Dolphins-Texans game. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I sort of stopped paying attention, looked back, and now uh, the video crashed and just says fumble. Looks like there was a problem with the video. Indeed, there was a problem <laughs> with the video. <laughs> a good summary of that video. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, it is an excellent summary. So in terms of starts, uh, I need to start Dallas uh, one more time and uh, the Chargers three more times. Alex, you need to start Baltimore two more times, the Rams three more times. Uh, Jake only has one more each for Arizona and Seattle. Um, Will needs one more for San Francisco and two each for Cincinnati and Tampa. Um, Sarah, two, for, two more for Atlanta, three more for Kansas City. Uh, Nick, one more for Minnesota and two more for Buffalo. Uh, Joe has to start Green Bay um, three more times and Carolina one more time. Shouldn't be that, an issue. That should not be an issue. Yeah. Uh, Russ has to start Tennessee three more times and Philly one more time. Um, the highest started teams right now are Chicago uh, and the Giants at eight each. So those are, are seem to be the only ones that are in, yeah. in potential danger of hitting their ceilings. And is the ceiling 12 or 13? I can't remember. 13. 13 yeah so only five more starts um each of those two teams so you know <laughs> it, it with eight weeks left it just means you can't start you know you have to bench them a couple times it's not yeah. A, yeah we don't have anyone who started like who's leaned so heavily on one team so far yeah. um and at least the team that will started eight times has been good unlike the team that i've started eight times which has been yes average that is true uh, but second half starts, make a Milan-esque, you know, for me, I'd appreciate yeah, and, it. And make them. Uh, I'm talking to myself. Yes. Um, but until then, thanks for listening, guys, and we'll catch you next time.